Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. And it's finally the day that many people have been waiting for. The, well, not only free agency, we'll talk about some trade options as well, but mostly potential abs free agency targets, at least when it comes to forwards, is going to be the main subject of today's show. AJ, is this the show you've been waiting for? Sure. <laughs> it is now. Totally. <laughs> I know it's I will say it's it's one of the shows that we get asked about the most the most. Often. Yeah. Um people love to talk about free agency. The uh, the rumor mill never lacks for information, as it were. Well, I mean, it might. I, I would say it certainly lacks in information, but it never lacks in juicy hot goss. Uh, the, the information's accuracy is very up for debate. That is yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, should we start with the most obvious one? I mean, we've had many, many pods about him at this point, but Taylor Hall expectation is still that he's going to head to free agency is very likely the hottest commodity on the market. Certainly the hottest commodity on the market when it comes to forwards in October, it makes a ton of sense for a bunch of reasons. You have to think it's priority number one for the abs. Um, you know, I think it really just kind of depends on what Taylor Hall wants. Yep. Like, I think, uh, I think he and the ads could find a relationship, a common ground, um, that would make sense for both sides. It's not going to be Taylor Hall getting paid $9 million over six years. Right. Any conversation of to be honest any free agent getting a boatload of money over a long-term contract i'm not saying it's not out there but you're gonna have a hard time finding that on a currently winning franchise given the flat cap with the way the flat cap has has it's gonna be fascinating to see where this where the crunch comes right um is it going to happen at the bottom of rosters? Is it going to happen in the middle? Is it going to happen at the top? Where Where is it that teams are going to be comfortable spending their money knowing that the salary cap is not going up for the next couple of years? Yeah. Um, and in working on a piece that will come out, I don't know, when the show's over, um, this afternoon sometime, <laughs> uh, when talking about uh, Landeskog and his extension, the big, the big reason that you could argue against Anders Lee being the best, uh, being being kind of the benchmark for his contract is that 
that was signed in a cap environment where the cap was constantly going up. Yep. And, you know, there was expectation that by the end of that deal, the cap will have experienced potentially seven seasons worth of growth and $7 million, a $7 million player the year it was signed would be, Worth you know, it's weight and gold at that point. The basically. way that the way that we look at like a four million dollar player by year seven, yeah. you know, like it's where you're like, okay, well, there's a lot of seven million dollar players now, you know, um, as as league as league is older, and and the same thing would be true for Landeskog. The flat cap is gonna it's gonna be fascinating. Maybe there are GMs out there that are just they, they don't just care, don't care, yeah. Yeah, and they just they they go for it, and they're like, "Hey, we'll make it through the next two years, and then the new TV deal and Seattle's revenue will come in, and this whole thing we'll put we'll put behind us." Yeah, I I don't know. I, it's really hard to expect that. I think, but I'm not an NHL GM, so maybe they know something I don't, but. I would imagine there's a lot of things they know that we don't. Yeah, for sure. But it does, when you are big game hunting, as the expectation is, the Avs will likely look to do something big if they're going to do something in free agency. It makes it more difficult from not only the the Avs as a team side, but from Taylor Hall's side, if that's the target as well. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, what does, as Victor asks here, what does a Taylor Hall deal look like with the Avalanche then? Well, I think it 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 ends either before McKinnon is, before McKinnon's contract expires, uh, or it ends at the same time. So hard capped at three years, essentially. Yeah. I agree. I With... The understanding that McKinnon pretty much just gets a blank check from the Avs at the end of that contract. Yeah. You have to work around it a little bit with with a big move. It's funny because um, two years years from now, um, it'll still be a flat cap and the Avs will be able to negotiate that extension. Yep. Cause he's got, it's, he's got three years left on that deal. You're allowed to ex- negotiate a One new deal. Early. Yep. Honestly, I don't know. Like there's, n- I don't know what there would be in waiting for that. Like there's, that's not a guy that you're like, Oh, we need another year to see how this guy is. Like right. you're just like, write down your number dude. And, and yeah. we'll get it done. <laughs> so I would say, no, no deal for Hall uh, can can go beyond the end of McKinnon's current contract. And if Colorado really wanted to, they could they could say, "Hey, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to give you ten million dollars this year for this season. We'll pay you more than anybody else, but we'll do it. We'll do it for one year." And then you can have the season of your entire career and go back into the market and try again. As it stands today, the Evs have 22 million and change in cap space. A lot of that is going to re-signing players, not only for this year, but the Landis Gog and Makar situation in the future as well. 
Yeah. But that's a decent chunk of change, certainly in the immediate for a one-year deal where Makar and Landeskog's new contracts don't come into play. Yeah. The Avs could pretty much throw whatever they want at them and not worry about it. Yeah, they could make whatever work. Um, that 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 wouldn't be hard with, you know, the the re-signings that are going to chew up the most of their cap are, you know, Burakovsky, Graves, and Zadorov. And, you know, yep. we've talked a lot about the potential of moving one or two of those guys out of there. You know, Nachushkin obviously has got to get some kind of a deal. Jost has to get a deal. But you expect those to be lower AAV deals. You're you're chipping into the twenty two million they have with honestly outside of Burakovsky and maybe Zadorov, you're really not taking big chunks out of that twenty two million. So Yeah. It's about managing a bunch of little different pieces right now for the Avs internally. Yeah. And and that's where you know, if they wanted to just bring everybody back that $22 million, they would probably spend, I don't know, I just, off the top of my head, I would say probably 12 to $14 million yeah, of that. 14 was the number I had on the high end, probably. So roughly eight and change if they wanted to play with that. Yeah, and so then they would have $8 million sitting there. And so that's where it's like, hey, we'll just give the rest of this to Taylor Hall for two years, you know, $8 million for two years. Yeah. Uh, looking down the line on that, uh, Ian Cole's contract would come up at the end of the year. We've talked about already their potential looking at moving Zadorov. I'm sure we'll look at that again down the line yeah. in this podcast. They'll lose somebody in, uh, in the expansion draft. So however yep. much money gets lost with whichever player gets selected there, that goes. Savings on guys like Calvert and Belmar's contracts expiring. It's... Yep. Without knowing the math, because we don't know Makar and Lannis Gong's future contracts, you can yeah. start to see how things add up a little bit, especially with Landis Gog's contract probably starting to trend towards not a massive raise. Yeah, I would say, I mean, the, the 5.7 and change that he's making right now, I mean, I'm still looking at 7 as kind of the golden number. Yep. Um, you know, give or take 500K. On either side, not that I, not that I realistically think he would take six point five, but you know, I, I think seven and a half is probably as high as it it should get for for Landeskog. Uh, not really talking about defense on this pod too much, but a lot of people asking about Hall and Petrangelo potentially on the super Yolo one year all in. You'd have to convince them both. Not um, only would you have to convince them both, you're moving out essentially Zadorov for futures at that point as well to free up enough room. Which I mean, which is not off the table. Sure, like you might you might do that anyway. You might you might make that kind of a move anyway. But um, I don't I don't think that if you were going to do that, you'd have to go either or. Yeah, I I think. It becomes a little bit unrealistic. The reason you can do one of them in a all-any type contract is because you don't have to do a lot to get that done. 
if you want to do both of them, all of a sudden you have to start pulling all these strings and it becomes a lot more of a complicated process to get there. And it just doesn't seem like it's the, the cheese ain't worth the, uh, worth the maze at that point. Yeah. So the hall contract itself, I'd say honestly, anywhere between eight and 10 million across three or less years, I'd be fine with. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the number I think the the AAV probably has to go up if you cut years off. So if it's sure. three years, it should be eight million. If it's going to be one year, it should be like ten million, and then two years at nine million. There you go. Easy. So just, Problem solved. Any players need an agent out there? Just throw those three deals in front of Hall and say sign one. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, I think I think with Hall, that's really the conversation is that it's got to be short term and that it can't be it can't be anything that uh, it's just it won't. It, but the abs won't do that. We saw it. They weren't going to do it for Artemi Panarin, who was an absolute freaking slam dunk last year. They're not going to do it. With Taylor Hall. Yep. They're not they're not going to give us some eight, eight years and, you know, or seven. I'm sorry, seven years and. Nine or ten million, it's just not going to happen. It's just not money that they're willing to commit at term. Yeah, so. they're with with the uncertainty of McCarr and McKinnon and all that. No. Yep. And at that point, you do a seven. I mean, if you do a seven year deal for a guy, at that point, you're you're getting into Rantanen's next contract too. Yep. Very very true. Hall would be thirty five at the end of a seven year deal as well. So a lot of question marks that. It doesn't make a ton of sense for the Evs to go long term. No. Does that hold true through some of these other guys? As as I do want to expand our scope a little bit here before we end the first period. Um, if you're looking for, let's say the guys from Florida, probably two other targets that come up a lot, and and Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadnov. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at the same type of deals there? Is there anyone you'd be willing to go longer term for? No. Okay. I mean, longer term, you're saying, what, four plus years? Yeah, basically into McKinnon's next contract, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say no. Um, it's, it's just Dadanov is already 31. Uh, yep. Hoffman is already 30. And I don't know when those guys' birthdays are, so they could be, you know, they could have November birthdays like Landeskog I mean, does, just... and their next contract, you know, they're they're even they're even older, you know. If one of those guys turns thirty one or thirty two in the next couple of months, it's just like it, gets, it just gets worse. That's kind of part of the pick your poison when it comes to free agency, right? Because Barring strange circumstances where you get a player who entered the league very, very young, the youngest free agents are usually 27. Yeah. You get some at 26 or, or 25 in a very rare circumstances, but yeah. you're not picking guys that have a lot of time left in their prime left ever in free agency. Yeah. You're definitely, you're definitely paying for the thrill of watching this guy decline. Yeah, you know. Whereas, like, hey, the the next 
you know, like when they when they got Carl Soderberg and they gave him that five year deal, you know, they if you go and you look at the five years, that 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 Soderberg contract is now done. That guy, that guy held up. Yep, he, he did just he did just fine. He aged that that deal just fine. The one year that was a true disaster in that contract had nothing to do with age. Yep. So, like that's and and you just never know. You know, you don't you don't know for sure that Carl Soderberg is going to be totally fine. We're all looking at we're all looking at this and saying, oh, if you give Mike Hoffman, who's thirty years old already, but is is good for what thirty goals a year? Pretty uh, pretty automatic, basically. Yeah, like well, certainly like a guy that you drop into your lineup and you're like, all right, he's gonna score twenty five goals a season. Yep. Um, that 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 dude at thirty years old. I mean, you give him a four or five year deal, and it's just like okay. We're, you know, you're hoping that it's, he's fine. You're hoping that you get like a Soderbergian type of arc out of it. At least three years of some might consistently that, and then maybe a slight decline at the end of it, but. Yeah. And you're, you're hoping that it's not going to be like what happened with James Neal, who hit the cliff. Well, and it was like James, James Neal had a decade straight of 20 goal seasons and like that's that's as safe as it quote unquote safe as it gets going into free agency and you know I think this is the other fear of free agency is that a guy sometimes just doesn't fit in a in a roster you know sometimes it just does not work out and there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes guys go into a situation and it's just it's just bad juju yep uh, Avalanche 282 asks about a bunch of teams working with $70 million internal caps. Think the Avs will be able to spend on the cap? Yes. The Avs have never been a team that are afraid of spending to the top of the salary cap. Yeah, that's the one benefit to the having the Cronkies as as your as your owner. Your owner is that yeah. they, they have consistently said, okay, if you guys are going to be competitive and we're going to see returns on this, hey, they've seen great returns the last couple of years. Yep. Um, just here's the money like yeah. they they've not been shy about giving them an opportunity <laughs> i mean the 48 point team was a cap team so yep. never been afraid of the nhl salary cap yeah so in, in of, of all of their sports expenditures the nhl is just not it, not a not the top <laughs> of their dossier when you, yeah. you're talking about billions of dollars to move a team out of st louis and teams like arsenal <laughs> yeah and well, and then to build that monstrosity that debuted yeah, last night, <laughs> five billion dollar stadium with a bunch of it being privately funded. Yeah, they that's a lot of money they spent on that building. We're going to take our first period break. On that note, time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. I was drinking one, watching some Sunday night football last night. Highly recommend. They have a beer for everyone, the Agave Wheat, the Avalanche Amber, the Hot Peak IPA, uh, many, many others as well. You can find whichever one you like on the Breck Beer Locator online to go and pick up your favorite type. Or, of course, head down to the DNVR bar where you can find eight different kinds on tap and watch the game down there. I believe the watch party for tonight's Broncos game is sold out, 
But in the future, keep your eyes peeled for those. Get in on that and come out and have a good time with us. And, of course, we have WGT Golf as well. Loved by more than 20 million players around the world. We now have a third clubhouse. Each clubhouse has 250 members, and that third one is starting to fill up as well. So if you want to compete in weekly competitions with us, be sure to jump into the clubhouse and come challenge us whether it be stroke play match play closest to the hole many other events as well jump on it dnvrgolf.com to download search for dnvr3 to join the clubhouse second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook the number one rated sportsbook app out there i'm rudo he's aj let's dive into some of these these guys that aren't Taylor Hall because there's a very real chance that Hall doesn't end up coming to the Avalanche this year. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's just say we're living in a world where the Avs don't get Hall. If you're the Avalanche, how hard are you pursuing someone else in free agency? Not hard. Yeah. Um. The only other guy that I would make a serious push for would be to Foley. And, and the version of serious, you know, it, it just, yeah, it's not like with Taylor Hall, like if you get, you know, if Taylor Hall gets to the market, you're calling him four seconds into yeah. free agency and you're, you're selling him on. You're like, okay, Hey, a two year deal. Come and score a shitload of points playing next to McKinnon and Rantanen. Go back into the market when you're 30 years old, when the cap's getting ready to go up and all these things have happened and blah, 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 blah. You can have, you know, up and you can get paid at that point. Right. And yeah. you can, you can finally be, you can finally be, you know, competitive and blah 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 all those things right like the hard you give him the hard sell with with to fully i'm not i'm not giving him the crazy hard sell i'm saying hey you're 28 years old we can give you a five-year deal yeah and you know given given his recent production and and where his career has been for the last couple of years you know it's it's more like we're gonna give you like a five by five. Yeah. Not not like a six and a half million dollars. It's you, like maybe five, five and a half tops. You pay that guy for Andre Burakovsky production and you hope on a good team in a top six with regular play with a guy like a Nathan McKinnon that he can be the fifty five to sixty point player he's been in the past. Yeah, like you're you're really hoping to get a, a serious turn back the clock type of season from him because his career is really hard to judge. Yeah. Because he had a couple of really productive years with the Kings. Um and then as they bottomed out, he kind of bottomed out and then got traded to Vancouver where he looked totally different and rejuvenated. And the guy, the guy looked great. And uh, he's 28. And I believe you just turned 28 recently ish. So this is not like his contract April, is actually yeah. 29, right? April. Okay. Yeah. So 
he's 28 years old and a five-year deal only gets you into that 32-33. Yeah, not super aging at that point. Yeah. yeah. And I some decline, but it's not ridiculous. And you're just, I mean, you're just hoping to avoid the cliff. Like that's yeah. that's kind of the thing you that's true with all of these free agents is that yeah, there's not a you're single just, one that you're super comfortable with in the last couple of years of a longer deal. <laughs> like, Right. Like, you're hoping to just avoid a major, major problem there. And, yeah, he's surpassed 50 points once, but he's he's got a 49-point season and a 47-point season. And this last year, he had a 44-point season in which the season was cut short. The other so, side like. He's a goal scorer as well. Multiple 20-goal seasons and one 30-goal season. Right. And that's, like, he's also going to be playing in a more offensive situation than he ever has in his career outside of the brief stint in Vancouver. Like, he's going to be, he's going to, I mean, just realistically, that guy's probably playing, he's playing next to either Kadri or McKinnon next year. So... It, and he's and he's and they're not playing under the ultra defensive king style right. hockey that he Super played his entire career grind style. Yeah, it, yeah. Like he was playing next to he's he spent all that that time next to Jeff Carter, but they were still the Kings. Like, is there any talk of a guy like Toffoli is certainly something a little bit different than how the Evs are built in many ways for speed and things like that. Toffoli's not a guy who's going to blow your wheels off. No. But, is that a good thing? Is a little bit of a different look in the Avs top six, or is that a bad thing? Well, he's he's effective in different ways, so it gives them a little bit of versatility, right? Because isn't this isn't it, it's it's always so interesting to me that the Avs get into the postseason and they you know they lose to Dallas, and it becomes like oh that kind of that kind of skating crap doesn't work in the playoffs, and then it, you go into you go into player acquisition. And it's like that guy won't work in the system, right? He he's not a good enough skater to play for the Avs. And it's like, okay, which one? What's <laughs> which one's true here? Yeah. Um, first off, it's obviously nonsense that the Avs can't succeed in the postseason, given like, that they've been one goal away from a Western Conference final in two seasons in a yeah, row. Exactly. Like this is not like the, the the Oakland A's or Minnesota Twins not being able to get out of the first round for the last fifteen years. We're talking about they've won a round in consecutive seasons, both of which were comfortably won. Yep. So Certainly. So with Tafoli, with Tafoli, it's a different kind of look. And if it's if a guy whose whose game isn't built around skating, you think okay, as he ages, he he loses less of what makes him effective because he's not a great skater already. Right. It, you're not going to see. Uh, we'll just use Matt Duchesne as an example. A guy who very That's much fair. does rely on his agility to create his offense that's a guy you expect a harder cliff to come for as they age yeah yeah they uh, either either they run into a serious like they go smashing into the cliff side yep uh or they they figure it out and they adapt and they they change their game their game yeah 
So that's like that's and look like that that is going to be a thing that has to happen for Nathan McKinnon someday. It's going to be a thing that has to happen for Kale McCarr someday. Someday that burst that makes them so special in skating, it goes it just, away. Yeah, it will not be there. To be honest, not given McKinnon and the power in his game, it's not something I'm super worried about with him. Me neither. But, but it's still going to be like the reality is that it's still there. Yeah. Like you're, they are going to have to. On the list of things that starts to go, skating happens pretty early on for almost everyone. Right. And so with a guy like with a guy like Toffoli, I would I like I said, I would take the chance, but I wouldn't be like if they if they turn around and they they give him a five year deal and it's an AAV that doesn't make my head explode, then we'll be on this podcast saying, Hey, they're even more dangerous now. They have a legit top six that's locked in, uh, and you know, with Alex Newhook on the way, and maybe another forward from the first round this year coming. Like, you know, like you're going to be feeling like, hey, this is this is a, this is a really good situation for them, uh, and and you'll take that chance. I think and, that's pretty much the conversation with all four of these these top guys that we've identified. Hall, obviously, but Tafoli, Dadnov, Hoffman, yeah. Dadnov and Hoffman, it would have to be kind of the same thing as Hall. Like, it would just have to be a shorter-term thing. Sure. You just can't. You don't have the money to pay them the over a long-term. Yeah. Because they're going to certainly, Hoffman and, and Dadnov, too, honestly, are going to command significantly more than Toffoli. But that's just the reality of, of, of those situations. If you're not getting one of those four guys... You're rolling yeah, the dice. You're you're looking on a buy low candidate at that. Like you could even consider Toffoli to some extent a buy low candidate, but after him, you're really talking about buy low candidates. Someone like a Granlund, right? That's well, and that's where you get into guys where we've either seen it before, or you know, you're buying on some potential, like. Alex Galchenyuk is going to be a free agent, right? And yep. he's your he's 26 years old. And he's been a guy that everyone in the NHL has been waiting for that guy to break out forever, right? And just it hasn't happened for a myriad of reasons. At 26, like there's your reclamation project that they that they try and take a swing on, right? Like okay. And, and like to be fair to Galchenyuk Outside of this year, he's been a forty-point player, right? Like he's been fine. Like you, there are other problems in his game, um, but his production has always kind of found its way. Not, not the production that you wanted out of a top three pick, but like, still, you know, you're talking, you're talking about a guy that's been productive in his career and is twenty-six years old. So you could, you could, okay. We'll give this guy a chance. It, if you're worried about age, if you're someone that's significantly concerned about that, a three-year deal for someone like Alex Galchenyuk solves that problem, right? Yeah, and if he, I mean, if he were to go into free agency and get a, I think if he were to get a three-year offer, he should be thrilled with that. Given the year that he just had, yeah, yeah. and and like given his reputation around the league, and it's, there's just, yep, 
it's just not great for him right now. And, you know, and similarly, you have a guy like Mikhail Granlin, 28 years old. He's coming off of very mediocre uh, stint in, in uh, Nashville. He's going to test the market because why would the Predators be in a hurry to throw money at him? Um, stop paying forwards in general, it seems. But <laughs> that's like Granlund is a guy that I've said repeatedly. You could give that guy a one-year deal, and and it wouldn't be eight million dollars. I mean, this is a guy that has sixty-point seasons on his resume, and was on his way to potentially another one when he got traded to Nashville. And offensively, the bottom just totally fell out for him. Yep. Then the national bank got all over him, basically. All nothing about his time in Nashville went well. None of it. Yeah, I I don't disagree. The forwards go to Nashville and they never seem to live up to the potential. So tons of them. I mean, Ryan Johansson doesn't even come within a country mile of 30 goals, which he scored in Columbus, you know, Matthew, Matthew basically over because he went there. Right. Kyle. I mean, Kyle Turris totally like all of those guys, just all, all their outside guys that they brought in just have not worked. Yep. And one of their internal guys, that's also a free agent was Craig Smith. And he's another guy where you're thinking, okay, well maybe, you know, maybe on a cheaper deal, this is a guy that has a bunch of 20 goal seasons in his career, you know, is not is you're getting him because he can shoot. You're getting him purely for goal scoring. Uh, and, and like, that's, that's what he does. It's who he is. It's who he's been his whole career. Not a big assist guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, if you're interested in Craig Smith, just go get to Foley, but well, yeah, I mean, I think Craig Smith's going to be will be quite a bit cheaper, but I I do too, but the, the, yeah, for a good reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I I don't think you need a shutdown defenseman to make your PK better. I think you need a goalie that can make a goddamn save. Amen to that. I honestly, I don't see any reason the Avs should be interested in a PK specialist, and unless it's someone like a Mike Hoffman who can play significantly on both sides of the puck. Yeah, they they should not be targeting bottom six forwards. Period. At the end of the day, right? So. The only the only uh, the only forward that I have on here that I that I would say is is slightly intriguing as uh, a bottom six guy is Eric Howla. and that's because the skating fits their profile. Hit what he does well fits what Colorado still needs in the bottom six. Because JT Comfer is just he JT Comfer just isn't the guy the Avs think he is. Certainly not on the penalty kill side. Like he's just he just freaking isn't that guy. And and even continuing with, to run this back over and over and over is we're just wasting time. Even with a guy like Howell, that's a bet on saying, hey, this guy had a fifty-five point season with Vegas. Like I'm not even looking for that. I'm I I he could give me thirty. He could they could sign him and get thirty-five points. And if he consistently, <clears throat> if he consistently won faceoffs and actually did help the penalty kill and like was the guy that they think JT Comfer is, that's a big improvement. Yeah, it, that it that would improve that spot, and that's the only I reason also, I would have him on there. I also 
don't think that a healthy abs team needs much improvement on the PK, to be honest with you. Tend to agree. But that is what it is. Just use use the right guys. Right. Exactly. When you have a Vlad Nemesnikov. I mean when you have a Val when you have a Val Nichushin, you know, like use just use the right guys. And I think and I think they would be fine. But I would I would take Howla and move Comfer over to wing and uh I would do yeah. that. They don't agree reckoning uh, at least when it comes to the PK Joe's underlying numbers are extremely extremely promising. So Yeah, Comfer's are atrocious. He's a He's they, the Comfer, Comfer is not a good PKer. Arguably the Avs worst PKer the last time I looked at the underlying numbers. So and when we say underlying numbers, we just mean Corsi, the, res- the, res- the results that have been produced by having those guys yeah. on those on that unit. They give up a billion opportunities and they get scored on a bunch when yeah. JG Coffer is involved on the PK. And AJ's right. When you're trying to run things like third goaltenders, your PK is never going to perform well. It doesn't matter who you put in front of them. Well, they always they always say your your best PKer has to be your goaltender and. You know, but certainly wasn't the case against Dallas. And, you know, is that the PK in front of the goalie? Is that the goalie? It was both. You, the, the, they're all on their, it, it's a team. Those guys were all bad together. Yep. 100%. Uh, we can take our second period break there. If you haven't tried Strava Craft Coffee yet, we now have cold brew down at the DNVR bar, or you can also subscribe and save 20% every single time you buy at StravaCraftCoffee.com. We know a bunch of you have taken advantage of the DNVR 20 code to get 20% off that single time. Now you don't have to worry about it. Sign up for their subscription service and you get that 20% off every single time. If it is your first time, use that DNVR20 code to let them know who sent you. We appreciate that a bunch. But if you want to go over term, you can sign up for two, three, four, six, or eight week packages to get it sent directly to your door. And again, if you want to try before you buy, come on down to the DNVR bar and try some cold brew Strava Craft coffee. The CBD is non-psychoactive and has really helped a lot of people with things like aches and pains, anxiety, migraines, many other things as well. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Ruto and AJ. Any final thoughts here on on these free agent fours? Anyone we missed, AJ, as we can wrap this up and, and start looking at some potential trade targets for the Avs. I don't think so. Honestly, I think I think the guys that we've talked about are the only guys that the Avs should have interest in come free agency day. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Craig Smith is pushing it for me. Like, there, you know, Craig agreed. Like, um, I would, I would not be at all surprised if they snagged some sort of depth forward. Um, that's just kind of what they do. Until be hard until they. <laughs> Until they resist the urge to sign one of those guys in free agency, I'm gonna. You expect I'm going it, to. But I'm going to believe they're going to go after somebody. You're also throwing darts in the dark, trying to figure out which one it's gonna be. So <laughs> right, like last year, I would not have guessed that they were gonna go after Pierre Edward Belmar. Yep. Like, and he was a backup option to Ryan Carpenter, but 
like Carpenter made a lot more sense. It was a much better fit on paper until and, that three year deal got signed, at least. Right. And then it was like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> so those are the free agency targets. Assuming again that Taylor Hall isn't the option, as I think we both agree he should be the number one target, regardless, trade yeah. or otherwise. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. He should definitely be the top guy to to go after first. So, if you don't get him, is the better option to look for a trade here? Um, honestly, for me, it's a lot of the same talk that it was around the deadline, swirling around the abs. Uh, yeah. I was I was very high on them, looking towards an Evander Kane, trying to pick him off of a, a struggling Sharks team. For me, that hasn't changed at all. The Sharks still need assets, particularly they're bit light on the defensive side. They don't even have a full defense rounded out for next season, depending on how they feel about Ryan Merkley, which yeah, presumably just, not very good. They'll just call up Nick Malosh. He'll solve yeah, all their problems. Play 31 games and score like two points or something. It, it Point being... The Sharks are in a bad, bad spot. Yeah, sure, they have Tampa's first this year, but they need assets pretty badly. Someone like Zadorov going their way makes some sense for them. Mm-hmm. And Evander Kane makes a lot of sense for the Avs coming back. Yeah, what uh, the framework of a deal, I, I really don't know what, what the Sharks would be after. Um, sure. I'd be... I'd be, I'd, I'd go for it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm all good for it. Kane with five years left at seven million, for the record, at age twenty nine. Yeah, I'm. I have no issues taking on that contract. Same. That's a you could roll a a Kadri Kane like Landeskog line or something. That'd be pretty mean. But yeah, Kane with a. A couple of thirty goal seasons. Yeah, not afraid to score. Like very that, realistically, could have gotten a thirty this last year had the season not been canceled. Yeah, like, season, yep. Has 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 a uh, gotten close a couple of times with twenty eight and twenty nine goal seasons. Like the guy, the guy is a high end goal scorer for you, and he plays with a power element that, like, like we talk about Zadorov in that Shark series, but. As much as as much as we talk about Zadorov rocking Evander Kane throughout that series, uh, like Evander Kane just kept coming. Yep, Evander Kane had the nuts to continue to roll into the zone and take that hit every single time down the ice. You, I, I would, uh, I go to war with that guy. Pretty much a lock to give you forty-five points on a good year. He's pushed fifty-five. And he's going to give you these 30 goals, and he he brings a different he's, element to you. He's someone in your top six that teams hate to play against. Yeah. I, I mean, he really – he I think he would be the perfect fit. And I I don't see San Jose moving I don't on. see San Jose moving from – but – I would I mean if I've been I've been banging the Evander Kane drum for like three years, so Sure. You're not uh, gonna you're not gonna give me the stop now. I'm all I'm all for the Evander Kane drum. Uh some other options, one of the names swirling around a lot 
has been Max Domi. Well, they made a serious play for him when uh, Arizona was moving him. Yep. Um, I would imagine, you know, they were deep in talks with Montreal at the deadline about an unknown player. Um, I would, uh, I would not be surprised if they made a serious play for Max Domi. We've talked about how they they tend to they tend to go after guys that they like. You know, that they're they're there are dudes that like they it's they hound guys for time. years. Yeah. They going back to the well on a guy seems to be their MO. Well they like a guy and they're like, Okay, well we didn't have a chance to get him this time around, but if he comes open and available to us, you know. Josh Anderson and Columbus is another great example. Uh, we know that they've been involved in you know, Josh Anderson was a big part of the Matt Duchesne talks back in the day. Um, that's, I mean, that's another guy, uh, a guy that brings a power element to a game and could shoot. Yep. So those are, I those do. are dudes that, you know, that, that, I have some Makes pretty big reservations about Josh Anderson's ceiling, but yeah. I Anderson's ceiling is like you're talking about you need a sixth forward right. in your top six. Like he's he's pretty he's, squarely a number six. Like, yeah, he slots it at number six just fine, where you're like, okay, this is fine. I just I don't have any issues. I just wonder why go big or go home, man. I go get a number six. I don't know why Avs fans continue to believe that they need, they have to get more physical to handle Dallas and St. Louis. They lost in seven games to Dallas in overtime, and goal scoring had they had no problem scoring goals the entire series against the same goaltender that is locking down Vegas's offense right now. Yep. They have the goal scoring. They have the offense. They all they had it in that series. They scored like four freaking goals per game. Why do we continue to insist that they need somebody to go out there and hit someone for them to win the series? All they had to do was get saves. That was it. Just get saves. You have if one of their special teams units does five percent better, they win that series. Like I'm I'm just very, very, very clearly have had this, had it when with, with this, like, the abs have to get more physical. They have to get meaner. They have to run people over. That's exact. Did we not learn from when Edmonton made the second round? And then we're like, we have to compete with Anaheim and LA every year. We've got to go out and get meaner. And that's how you end up with Milan Lucic. Like, that's a disaster. It's a total misreading of what went wrong like do they need to do would it would it help them to get a guy that that like an evander kane or a josh anderson who totally brings that element a hundred percent i 100 percent agree that that would make them better and more well-rounded am i looking at that as like this is the thing that they need no no definitely not they need good play. They need they need another guy that can can help them get over the hump. Just give the give them one more guy that that scares you going out there. Uh, with a guy that a guy that when he has the puck, something something bad can happen. Well, AJ, 
you said before the show. Is that guy Brandon Saad? I this is a guy that I would take a long look at. Like I would I would take a long look at Brandon Saad because the the fear with Saad is that uh, when it comes to the trade targets, he's already a little older. He's already at 27 years old. Uh, and now that I'm clicking on this thing, he, his birthday is in October. So he's essentially 28 years old yeah. <laughs> and he's coming off of a 33 point season, which is a little stinky, but he scored 20 goals and his two way play continues to be very good. And that is a guy that you can drop in on your PK. And that is a guy that has kind of gotten pushed out. You know, all of a sudden they've got Kane and Taves and those guys aren't going anywhere. Right. But now they also have Debrincat. They have Kirby Doc. They've got Kubalik. And then you have Nylander and Strom also hanging around in that lineup. Yep. Like Brandon Saad is no longer like the last thing that the Chicago, Chicago really needs is to continue to like protect their forward core. They, they're, that's that's a guy that I would be they they need they need to be trying to sell him for defense and Colorado could could help them out. You know, that's that's one where I'm calling him up and I'm saying, look, we'll give you Nikita Zadorov, we'll give you Ryan Graves, we'll give you Ian Cole, we'll give you one of those guys, and then something else. How far do we need to go in order to get to Brandon Sod? Right. Like you're not giving up a first round pick or anything. The guy only has one year left on his contract. But if you're talking like Sampo Ranta and Nikita Zadorov or something. I mean, where would you draw the line, right? Like, Yeah, they, they, you know, you pick your poison with a pick slash prospect that's attached there, right? Yeah, like maybe maybe try Pellison, right? Yeah. Sure. Whatever, you know. You don't want to give up. Like you don't want to give up Timmons right when he starts his NHL career, and then yeah. watch that guy, you know, watch that guy become who we think he's going to become, and then you're like, okay. if you're giving up Timmons, uh, whatever injury he suffered, better have been pretty serious. Put it that way. Damn, that's cold blooded. <laughs> that's a cold blooded thing to say, sir. Hockey's a business. That's all yeah. I gotta say. I mean, true enough. I'm, I'm, I don't know what a where wherever those talks would go. Um, I I would look at, I would look at Sod and like we had the when I was freaking out about physicality, we had people bringing up Winnipeg and like yeah, yeah. Nick Ehlers would be amazing. He'd be a perfect fit, but coming off the year that he just had and given that he was by, by far their best player in their brief qualifying that round seem like the one they're going to let go of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. I doubt they're at, at $6 million. That guy's a, that guy suddenly is a legitimate bargain for them. Um, for the next five years at age 24. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, do something to pry that dude out of there. I'd be, I'd be good. Yeah. I'm, Anaheim's another team where if you if you called up and you asked for Ricard Raquel it would make a lot of sense, but Anaheim, I don't know. I I I feel like every time Anaheim makes a trade, they freaking lose it. 
Yeah, and, they just need to draft their dudes and hold on to them. Right, <laughs> and that's why that's why it's like call Anaheim and try and see what you could get out of 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 them because they their pro scouting staff seems to be or their pro their pro staff seems to be awful. Yep. It, they're so. in a weird Anaheim's in a weird spot, right? Because Getzlav is aging out. They've locked themselves into contracts with guys like Henrique. And their graduating prospects aren't, they haven't taken the reins of the franchise yet. I'll put it that way. I mean, you look at, you look at uh, between Troy Terry, uh, Max, Max Jones, uh, Sam Steele, Isaac Lundestrom, all those guys. Like that's a lot of high picks that they've got sitting around dotting that roster who haven't broken through yet. Yep. Now Sonny Milano. Yeah, true. I'm not their pick, but yeah, same kind so of story. It's it's they're they're in such a weird spot where it's like, why do you even keep Silverberg on that five year deal? Why do you even bother with Ricard Raquel anymore? Yeah, like move on from those guys. Just burn that entire generation and move it, on. It's time for a refresh, perhaps for them. Yeah, move Josh Manson. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> a weird franchise all of those um outside of josh Man- I, I mean even josh manson would make sense for for colorado yep um but all of those guys would be would be trade targets for the abs um to to keep an eye on you know they the abs were in on the kasha stuff before he ended up in boston so you know they've at least had conversations i think uh, you know, one of the one of the in, the interesting aspects of this is that just Joe Sackick's just careful. Yep. You know, he he kind of that front office is very meticulous and very particular with. We're gonna set our line here, right? They and they we're not moving. Never there. pay extra. They say this is what we're willing to give up. You take it or leave it. Right, and it's. You know, you can you can argue that that's a great way to do business when you're able to get business done. But, but it can prevent when, business at times as well. Yeah. Right. When you when you continue to fall short in some of in some of these things and some of the pursuits of players, and then you lose in a game seven of a second round and you feel like, especially this year, you feel like that was a missed opportunity. Yep. You know, like they just they didn't get manhandled by Dallas. Get out of here. I mean, I think what was it? Game three is all you need to look at where they out hit them like 80 to 50 or something. Yeah. The abs had, uh, the abs had one of the highest non overtime hit totals of any game in the modern era. Yep. Was 72. <laughs> yeah. So the abs can be plenty physical when they want to be. It's, it's not an issue. Well, and after that, I mean, the series changed after that. The first half of that series and the second half of that series were totally different. Different animals, yeah. Like Dallas, Dallas was nowhere near the physical monstrosity in the second half of that series. I th- yeah. I just think both teams were just worn down by it, and then and then all the of us get a save, and that was that. You know, you're on your third goaltender, and it's like. Right. You can't expect yeah. them to make one, but uh, yeah, I think the Avs outscored them by one. Uh, they thoroughly, thoroughly outshot, outchanced all yeah. of that. The, it was it was the really just numbers were silly. Yeah, 
the Avs, the Avs dominated the possession in that series, which is why I don't know about dominated is fair, but they 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 had the better end of it by a decent amount. Outside of game two, I well parts of game one as well. Yeah, I but, mean game one I was willing to write off because it was just a poor right, effort. They're but the thing is, even in game one, like the Avs mm-hmm. would have one period where they would get kicked in by the stars a little bit, but then the rest of the game would either be the abs winning the possession battle or at worst it being even. And then in the games, the yeah. abs won, they would just smash Dallas. I mean, you go back and you watch game six and it's yep. hard to believe that we're still having this conversation about the abs getting manhandled. Right. That- like had the abs come back and won that series had they, had they held the lead? Like if, if Colorado holds the leads, in that series that they had built, they win that series in multiple it, points. Yeah, right. All they had to do was get a save with the lead, and they the series ends to the abs in six. <laughs> like, like you can't underscore the, or ignore the fact that Pavel Francouz gave them eight sixty two goaltending through four games. Yep. It's honestly, how did the Stars not sweep them? That, that like, was. A guy who many people believed could be an NHL starter before that series gave them eight sixty two goaltending. Sure, right. maybe and he was injured or whatever, but right, like now, now we know that he was hurt, and it's like okay, you can understand some of this a little bit. Is that why he couldn't catch a puck, or like I don't know? I just you have to make a decision at a certain point, and yeah, like making the, that decision when he's. Had an eight sixty two in four games. It's too late. It is. I mean, you keep going to the well, right? Like that, yeah. and and that's where you say, "Hey, the season that he had earned him that leeway, earned him a little bit of burn." But even then, you know, the Jalmerson thing we're going to talk about tomorrow yeah, um, because to I've got a lot of thoughts about that. The so, defensive show is tomorrow, so yeah, we're going to talk about defense, and then we're going to talk about goaltending, and we're going to we're going to get into all that stuff because. <laughs> free agencies just a couple weeks away. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here on Cat Friendly. NHL entry draft 22 days from now, AJ. Dude, don't tell me that. It's coming up quick, man. It's coming up quick. <laughs> yeah. So we got to get through free agency so we can get yeah. to start just munching on prospect footage all day and night again. <laughs> God. Anyway. That's going to wrap up the show today as we approach the hour mark again. We've been doing some long episodes, AJ. I'm, I'm glad we can we can get it all out this offseason, I suppose. Well, but, I mean, there's for right now, there's a lot to get into. There's a lot of guys that would fit and a lot of guys that are interesting. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what they do in this offseason because this is, this is a, a front office that has shown themselves to be aggressive in attacking deficiencies and... I'm excited to see what answers they have. Cause like, look, they're on like a two or three year freaking heater here. Yep. Where they can't almost on every move they make <laughs> their, their last move that they made that, that did not pan out wonderfully for them was claiming Marco Dano off waivers. Derek Broussard. <laughs> okay. I'll give you Broussard. And even then, like you're talking about, minor fringe moves yeah for right. 
a franchise that starting basically from the off season before the Matt Duchesne deal just has knocked everything out of the park, basically. Yeah, all of their big decisions have gone well. So we'll see. You know, we'll it's you wanna you I mean at this point they've earned trust. You you know, I know that there are people out there who are still losing their freaking minds over things, but honestly, like they've they've earned they've earned the benefit of the doubt at this point. That they they know what they're doing. I'm whatever they do, it's gonna be I'm whatever, pretty much no matter what, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because certainly they've just been right so many times in recent years. Joe Sackick in the off season since Patrick Waugh has left this franchise has been money in the bank. So you got to put your faith in them a little bit to keep doing the job that they've been doing. Yeah. And that's the deadline is like the only like yep. bugaboo where it's like it's been okay, and they have a Ryan Graves for Chris Begross swap sitting on that on, right. on that record. And even then, like even that has been moving in the right direction. Yeah, the Broussard deal was bad, but this year they went out and got Nemesnikov, and he's been very very solid for them. Nemesnikov was totally fine for a fourth round pick and for what they like what they needed. You know. And especially given the injuries that they had at the time, and like, yep. and it not was... knowing the season was going to end <laughs> not <nine laughs> <games> later, <laughs> right, right. So, um, uh, I it's really, yeah, they've they've done quite well for themselves. So whatever whatever they do, we're going to probably talk about positively. Unless, you know, unless they really go off the board, yeah. Unless they really do something that I just strongly disagree with, and then. I'll end up looking stupid again. It'll so. be Pierre Edward Belmer all over again, and which we'll be wrong. I think you you disliked more than I did. I did, uh, and I was very very wrong. And then I couldn't handle the Shushkin thing. I was so mad about it. Yep. And we both ended up being wrong. So what the hell do any of us know? Why are you guys even watching this right now? <laughs> hey, we we got that off season so right though. All right. It's true. Never not gonna let that one go. Yeah, the fact that the fact that we each that that we separately came together for Soderberg getting traded to Arizona and the Cadre deal, like we yep. were like feeling pretty okay about ourselves after that. Yeah. <laughs> we had we had an okay off season. We did just fine. So yeah, I we'll have to we'll try and get it in there sometime. It's a packed off season, so we'll see, but I'm, I really do want to do a show where we take your guys, uh, your guys' rosters, free agency, and trades that you guys make. So we'll probably oh, totally. get that in a week or two down the line here. So get, think, your, uh, get your lineups ready. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I think I think we need to get like some cap friendly. You know, get the email fired up again and have yep. you guys just start bombarding us with your with your rosters and then. Rudo and I spent three hours going through all these Digging and being through. like, <laughs> now I want to make my own. Right. Yeah, exactly. So keep your ear to the ground on that stuff. It it uh, it should be a fun one. Uh, we do have to get out of here for the day, though. Of course, 
You may have heard about all the big things happening with rugby in and around Denver, as DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and in the United States, with reporter Colton Strickler keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Plus, you can find his written rugby content right on our site. With the rest of our coverage, be sure to follow the DNVR Rugby account on Twitter. Even if you're new to the game, he has a bunch of 101 pods as well, so you can figure out the basics of rugby and learn to watch this awesome sport obviously a while ago it was announced that infinity park in glendale is now the official training center for both men's and women's usa's 15 teams so you want to see the best rugby in the united states colorado is the place to do it now Get on it. Follow Colton. Follow all that stuff. Help support us here at DNBR. Give the DNBR Rugby Podcast a download and become part of the family today. We are out of here. Thank you, as always, for listening. Much appreciated, whether it be on YouTube. If you're there, be sure to subscribe and give the video a like. If you're watching on whatever podcast catcher you enjoy, we appreciate you, too. We will be back tomorrow talking defensemen in free agency and potential trade options for the Avs. Talk to y'all then.